Welcome to the official podcast of Vertical Life Church. We are a non-denominational church located in Clio, Michigan. We exist to engage people where they are and lead them to becoming fully developed followers of Jesus Christ. We hope you are drawn into a deeper relationship with God through this podcast and pray that through the sermons you listen to here, your faith would grow. We are always excited to hear from those who are impacted by this ministry. And we encourage you to email us at contact at vlchurch.tv to share how God is using this ministry in your life. If you would like to support this ministry, you can do so online at www.vlchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you for listening. We're here in our series. This is week five of our series, Eat the Meat. For those of you that are new, we're talking about going deeper in our relationship with God. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter five talked about how we should try to strive as followers of Jesus to stop just drinking from the spiritual bottle, the the spiritual milk, and to move towards solid food, that we continue to grow in our relationship with God. And so now we're here in week five in our series. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Trinity, the, the makeup of God, really the divine family, the, who we know is God himself. And we understand with the Trinity that the Trinity, the family, the divine family is comprised of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And over the last couple of weeks, we recognize that with the Father, we have this parent-child relationship. It's how we identify with the Father. And, and with the Son, last week we talked about having this husband-wife relationship, whereas Jesus is the groom and we are the bride. And so we have this husband-wife relationship. And today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and what relationship we have with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to lie to you today. I'm not going to pretend that this week was just a, a piece of cake. I'm going to be honest, this week was crazy for me. Uh, normally, when, when I prepare messages, God has this message on my heart. I'll sit down and, and I'll sit at the computer, and I'll, within an hour or so, I'll have basically the whole thing written out. And over the course of the week, I massage it, kind of praying through exactly how God wants me to communicate what He puts on my heart. And, and, and I have it prepared like that. But this week, was not like that. I had multiple appointments, and it seems like every time I would sit down to prepare, I would have interruption after interruption after interruption. And so, yeah, Friday, I'm at the end of the week, and I'm like, okay, I only have a couple days left. I gotta, can't just show up with nothing on Sunday. That would be a very awkward time, me just standing here and saying, okay, you know, let's go to lunch. Let's go actually go eat the meat, right? Uh, but I needed to have something. So on Friday, I get down on my hands and knees, my time with God, and I'm just crying out, my like, God, you know I only have a couple of days. I've, I've, this has been on my heart. I've tried to you know, sit down and prepare a message. Went from draft to draft. Just nothing is sticking. Nothing is, is really like in my heart. This is yes, I've got it. This is what you want to present to the church today. And so I just started crying out to God. God, help me out here. Throw me a bone. Tell me what you want me to say to the church. And as I was calling out to God, asking the Holy Spirit, what is your word for the church today? What is the understanding that we need to know about the Holy Spirit that's going to compel us to go deeper into our relationship with God? That's going to give us a new understanding or a new hunger, really, for the Lord. And then as I was praying with this, as I was praying for this and just asking God, the Holy Spirit actually responded to me. And I begin to have a conversation with the Holy Ghost. 
And if you've never had a conversation with the Holy Spirit, it can be exciting and awkward and just heavy all at the same time. But as I'm praying and I'm asking him for his word, the Holy Spirit answered and he said, tell them what you know. And so I'm like, I've been trying to do that. What do you think all this back and forth this week was about? I'm sitting down trying to prepare this message, but it just doesn't feel right. Nothing's sitting right with me. There's, there's a lot to say. We could go through the entire, you know, Scripture talking about the foundational doctrines of the Holy Spirit, the ins and outs of the Holy Spirit, but they don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. They need to hear what you have to say. So if I'm supposed to tell them what I know, tell me how to tell them what I know. And I was hoping that he was going to kind of give me some insight on an illustration that I would have been working up uh, this week. You know, the, uh, the course of these couple of weeks, we've been talking about these different relationships. And we had the father-parent or parent-child relationship with God, the father and husband-wife relationship with Jesus. So I was working this, you know, this other kind of, kind of title for the Holy Spirit. And, and I was dipping down into my nerd days. And I was going to provide you a Star Wars analogy and talk about the master and the apprentice and, and all this stuff. But it just really wasn't jiving with me. And so as he's speaking to me, that's what I was looking for. Tell me how to explain this. Tell me how to extrapolate this for the church. And when he spoke again, he didn't do what I was expecting him to do. He went a completely different direction. And he told me, he said, tell them I am their best friend. I'm their best friend. And in that moment, he put a verse of scripture in my mind. It was Proverbs 18, 24. He said, they're friends that destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And as this verse is echoing in my mind, he asked me another question. He said, where am I? Where is it that I live in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, ran through my mind. It said, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call him Abba, Father. And so as I'm hearing this from the Holy Spirit, he's saying, where do I live? I said, you live in my heart, in my spirit, in my innermost being. And he said, correct. You are correct. Now, is there any friend that could ever be closer than that? Is there any friend, anyone that could be closer than that? And I said, no, there isn't. There is no friend that could ever be closer than you. And I realized that's why we can call God Abba, Father. It is because of the Holy Spirit. We can call God Daddy. We don't, we don't have to look at God and fear for judgment because of this intimate relationship. We're always talking about relationship with God. The reason why we have an intimacy with God is not just because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. It's because of the intimate relationship, the intimacy we have with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is what brings the intimacy we have with God. And so I thought right then and there, I know what I'm going to write. I know, I know what I have for my message. I got up off my knees. I sat down at the computer. I snapped my knuckles and prepared to type. And I'm just going to unleash all the creative juices, this creative mind I know God's given me to kind of to bring this message to the church. And as soon as I began to type, guess what? I had another block. I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I've got your friend, close intimate friend, 
yes, this, got all that, but now how do I say that? How do I bring it together? And so I said to the Spirit, I'm still not getting it. I don't understand what is it about being the closest intimate friend that is going to draw us deeper into our relationship with you. And he said, tell him what you know. And I'm like, oh, we're back at that. Tell him what you know, Joey. Just tell him what you know. Just tell him. Go on. Just tell him. And I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, what do you want me to tell them about what I know? And so he brought another verse to my mind. It was Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And then he began to say, I sharpen them. I prepare them. I lead them. I give them wisdom. I teach them. I empower them. I convict them when they do wrong. I comfort them when they struggle. I encourage them when they're down. I show them how to live righteously. I'm always with them, and I'm always sharpening. And I said, Holy Spirit, I know all these things, but so do they. They've heard these things before. Was it about, what is it about being a close, intimate friend who sharpens that's going to take us deeper? I don't understand. What is it I'm supposed to tell them? And then he asked me a very personal question. He said, why have you struggled having close personal relationships? You have friends but you have historically, through your life, have not had really close friends. And then the, it's the only thing that can happen when the Holy Spirit begins to get real with you. You know when that weight is upon you that you're about to have to reconcile and wrestle with some truth in the moment. I felt the blood trickle out of my face. My heart got heavy, and it hit me. as it began to sting in my chest because I knew the answer. Over my life, the only person I've ever really felt close to was my wife. I've had several friends, but it really closeness has only been found in her. And I could reason that partially that's because of a self-defense mechanism to protect my emotions because of fears of rejection. And I could also say it's partially probably because of my introverted personality that I kept myself at a distance. But the truth is, the deep level, the truth that the Spirit of God was touching on, that what he was exposing in the depth of my heart, what he was putting on blast, as the kids say these days, was the simple fact that I never really invested and pursued close relationships. I always stayed at a distance. I didn't invest emotionally so I could keep this image alive of what I thought people wanted to think about me or what I wanted them to think about me. And I never let anybody in. And I never pursued others to let me in on their lives. And I can look at my life and I see the friends that I've had and many people have approached me to be friends, but I never really poured back into them the way they tried to pour into me. And over time, those friendships just drifted away. And so I got real with the Spirit and I said to him, you know what, the reason why I've not historically had close friends is because I never pursued. And he said, that is correct. Though I am in you, my relationship with you is the most intimate friendship you can have. And if you don't pursue me, you will drift away from me. And that is so true in our everyday relationships. If we let the busyness of life consume us, if we forget to take time to check in and invest in our relationships, even the closest relationships we have, 
with our spouse, our kids, those in our very own household, people will go on to live their own lives, and those relationships will drift apart. You can even live in the very same house with a person, but they will become a stranger to you in your own house. This is why a lot of times divorce happens. People just grow apart. They become strangers, and there's no more, uh, no more reason to stay together. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This word guide is also interpreted to lead or to show the way. And the spirit of the living God, though he is in us, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he is on the move. He is leading. He is showing the way. And if we are not pursuing him and investing in our personal relationship with him, the intimacy we could have will wane. Our friendship with him will drift away. And it's not because he leaves us. But it's because our hearts are not following him in pursuit. This is what I believe Paul meant when he said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he said, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This literally means to be filled to the brim as you're pouring liquid into a cup. Our pursuit of the Holy Spirit is to be filled to the brim with him in our lives, with his presence and his power. We all start in Christ with a little bit of Holy Spirit, but there's so much more that we can fill our lives with. And if we're not pursuing, rather than being filled with him, it's like pouring him out and drifting away from him. When we invest ourselves in things of this world, when we get consumed with life, with worldly fun and pleasure, and we forget about Holy Spirit, and we, in keeping that friendship healthy, we won't be filled with his presence. And as I was meditating on this phrase, be filled with the presence of God in this moment, sitting at the computer, what is it to be filled with the presence of God? I was like, well, since I'm having this conversation, I might as well ask him. So I said, Holy Spirit, what does it mean to be filled with you? What does it mean? You're in me. You dwell in my innermost being. So what does it mean to be filled with you? How can I have more of you than I already have? Because logically, by what Paul said, said be filled with the Holy Spirit means there's an option. The possibility exists that, that at times I'm filled with you and at times that I'm not. So what does it mean to be filled with you? How do I know I'm filled? And he said, you are filled with the Spirit when your faith level and your consciousness of your surroundings are filtered through my will and the awareness of my presence. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's when your faith level and the consciousness of your surroundings are filtered through my will and the awareness of my presence. And I said, man, that's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. It's kind of even hard for me to wrap my mind around. I'm like, what do you mean by your faith level? I know that each of us are in a different place in our spiritual journey. And even Jesus, when he was teaching, said if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could speak to a mountain and move it from its place. So I know that the more faith you have, the more power of God you see in your life. So, so I'm just questioning, like, what do you mean here? The depth of this seems beyond what I can rationalize right now. What do you mean? Can you boil it down in simpler fashion? And this is what he said. He said, when your whole being is encapsulated in an awareness of me, when everything you are is encapsulated in who I am. And I took this to mean when your whole life is lived through the awareness that the Holy Spirit is in you, moving through you, speaking, 
leading, and in turn, you are responding in obedience, and the fruit of his presence is seen in your life. It is then that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Galatians 5, 16, he said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This phrase, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and the King James Version is translated as to walk in the Spirit. The phrase or word in the original language literally means to be occupied in the Spirit. And this is what the Spirit of God is saying. He's saying, let your whole being be encapsulated in the awareness of the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Everything you are, everything you do, everything that you encounter is filtered through Him. Being filled with the Spirit takes an intentional pursuit of intimacy with God that cannot be achieved by simply hoping it happens or wishing it happens. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you give God the opportunity to work miracles in your life, through you and through your life, to impact someone else's life. And the more filled up with the Spirit you become, the greater your faith will grow, the more you'll see God do, because you'll be following the Spirit into all truth. This is what Jesus said. I'm going to lead you into all truth. As you are pursuing, he's going to be leading. And so I asked him another question. I said, how come there are those who believe but are not filled in the Spirit? There are those that don't seem to experience the power of God at work in their life like other people do, even, even though you dwell within them. What is it? What keeps people from being filled? Because this was an issue that I wrestled with even in my own faith journey. I wrestled with being filled in the Spirit, and the Spirit spoke to me very plainly. He said, those who are weak in their faith are not aware of me. They do not hear my voice. They do not feel my presence. They do not recognize when I'm leading them into acts of faith that can demonstrate my power for the glory of God. And the reason why they're not aware of me is because they are not pursuing me. And I totally relate with this. For most of my life, I was dominated with accumulating more and more knowledge of the Bible, more and more knowledge of God, and I recognized that it was for my own self-righteousness, my own sense of importance, so that I could feel confident that I knew everything there was to know about God, all the while ignoring the very thing that could draw me close to the Lord, and that was pursuing the Holy Spirit. And though I was searching for knowledge, I, in essence, had made myself unteachable because of my proud attitude. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You see, I was spending so much time learning about God, but for the cause of the world to become something in the world's eyes. This is what I wanted. I wanted that respect, that, that honor to, oh man, that guy's spiritual. Look at what he knows. I could always go to him for the answer. This was this inner battle that was raging in me. And I forgot to draw close to the Lord. I knew where all the verses and stories were in the Bible, but my prayer life was all but non-existent. I even, I knew a ton of biblical facts, but I, I couldn't help but wonder why so many other people saw miracles, why they experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They seemed to have a joy I didn't have, and they seemed to have a relationship with God I didn't have. And what I was missing the entire time was that I was ignoring my closest, most intimate friend. And it took me to wake up to realize what was wrong in my life 
sin I was trying to sweep under the rug, attitudes I was holding on to, fears I was allowing to keep from obedience, fears I was allowing to keep me from walking in obedience to the Lord, and I finally had to make a decision to pursue God into the unknown, to follow the Spirit where He led, no matter how weird and how uncomfortable I felt. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 Paul says to the church, he says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as own, as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Even in trying to live righteously, we can be grieving the Holy Spirit because our attitude is not founded in pursuing God, but in our own self-righteousness. And the Holy Spirit is our closest friend, and it grieves him when we ignore him, when we live outside of God's will, and when we live according to excuses rather than by faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul says to the church of Thessalonica, he says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Did you know we can actually work against the Spirit? We can work against what he wants to do in our lives. We can limit his effectiveness and power in our lives by not pursuing, but by ignoring in our hearts, by having weak faith. When he says to go, when he says to act, when he says to obey, we choose to say, no, that's too much. That's too scary. I can't trust you to come through. This has been my life. But as I began to learn to hear his voice, to commune with him in spirit, to pray in the spirit, to access his presence, I began to take steps in my faith, and I got to see God bless that faith in ways I never thought possible. All because I just simply began to believe his words, trust, and act on his promises. John 16, 13 through 15, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you even about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The Spirit of God is going to lead us into all truth, which means he's going to make the Scripture come alive in our lives. He's going to give you full understanding by blending knowledge and experience. You see, I had a lot of knowledge, but I was lacking the experience, so my understanding wasn't complete. But by pursuing the Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you into experience through the very things you've been taught and know about God as we follow him. He's going to lead you into faith to act on the promises of God. He's going to unleash the power of God through you to fulfill those promises. And yes, he will even tell you things you could never possibly know, even the future. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're not going to read it, but you can study that this week. Paul the Apostle goes over many of the gifts we're given by the Holy Spirit, the very things he's given to strengthen and build up the church. He gives special knowledge and revelation. He gives you insight and understanding into situations, circumstances, even people's thoughts, memories, to it in order to help you minister to them and seek deliverance and inner healing. We see this all through Scripture, words of knowledge and faith that have been done through his followers. I never would have believed that God could do these things through me until it happened. The first time God allowed me to see the thoughts of another or, or to see memories someone else was having in order to minister inner healing to them was the most humbling thing that I could ever experience. 
to think, God, after all I've done, you would choose to use me and do that through me? And I can only imagine hearing him say, yeah, it's right there in the scripture. I told you I do these things. It's right there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, read it. But when it happens, it's so humbling because you feel so unworthy to be used by God. But he does it. God will give you special knowledge to minister to others. He'll give you glimpses into the future to aid you in making decisions in regard to future events or counsel others in their decisions. He will heal through you. He will work miracles through you. He will give you the ability to discern between the spiritual world to aid in spiritual warfare and bringing about someone's deliverance. He will speak through you, giving the ability to speak in tongues you've never learned before, or he'll give you the ability to interpret tongues so you can reveal what someone else is saying to build up the church. He'll give you the ability to prophesy and reveal truths that need to be declared to the church for their encouragement and strengthening. He'll empower you to serve with supernatural commitment. He'll empower you to speak in order to melt hearts of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh. The Spirit's going to replace fear with boldness, doubt with faith, ignorance with experience, and all of this is available to every believer because every believer has a friend that sticks closer than a brother in the Holy Spirit. But why any believer misses out on this experience is because the Holy Spirit is more of an acquaintance than a close personal friend. When we began this series again, Hebrews chapter 5 talked about going from milk to meat. And the writer of Hebrews says, there's so much more. I want to tell you so much more God wants to reveal, but you're just not ready for it. To go from milk to meat, it begins with pursuing the Holy Spirit who himself has taken upon the responsibility to lead you into all truth. And when you're filled up with the Spirit, when you're connected to him, when you pursue him, follow him, you will be humbled and amazed at what he does through you. And he does it not because of you, but to bring glory to Jesus so Jesus can then bring glory to the Father. We discussed two weeks ago, as children of God, as children of God, we're to live for the honor and glory of the Father. And last week, as the bride of Christ, we're to be working to make ourselves ready to have enough oil, to have enough Holy Spirit for when the groom comes for the bride. And the way you make yourself ready and to live for the honor and glory of the Father is to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, to be pursuing Him every day of your life. We pursue, we become ready, the Father is glorified. And once we place our faith in Jesus Christ, our relationship with God hinges on our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The relationship we have with the Holy Spirit is the key to fulfilling everything God commanded because when you are filled up with the Holy Spirit, his nature is just gonna pour out of your life. Galatians 5, through 23, Paul says to the church of Galatia, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Not only will we see this fruit in our lives, but Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help one another. 
for the church to be healthy, not just Vertical Life Church, but the Big C Church, every Christian everywhere in every part of the world, for the church to be healthy, to stand strong against the enemy as we engage people where they are and lead them to becoming fully developed followers of Jesus Christ. We need each of us to be filled up with the Holy Spirit and using our spiritual gifts. They're given for a purpose, and that is to help each other. And I ask you, church, in all humility, do you have a gift? Are you experiencing the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you experiencing the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in and through you? And if you are, are you using that gift for the betterment of the church? If not, maybe it's because you've not been pursuing it. You've drifted away and become strangers. Because if you were pursuing him, you'd be filled up with him and using your gifts for his honor and glory. Now, we have to be careful, and I want to be very clear, that if we're pursuing him just to have the gifts, we're beginning with a very wrong motivation. James chapter 4, verse 3, he says, and when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Another translation says, you only want what you're asking for so you can consume it on your lusts. If we are pursuing the Spirit for the sole purpose to get cool powers and say, hey, look what I can do, you will not expect or you should not expect to get anything from the Holy Spirit. But if we are pursuing him for the sole purpose of knowing him more intimately and to be used for his honor and glory, stand back. To go deeper with the Lord, to move from milk to meat in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, it begins with a passionate pursuit to know him more. Do you want to know him, church? Do you want to know him more? Do you want to go deeper in your relationship with God? Do you want to be led into all truth, no matter how uncomfortable the circumstance or how difficult the path becomes? If the answer is yes then when we go into a time of response today, begin by coming forward. Get on your hands and knees and cry out to the Lord and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your presence. Take me deeper so I can know you more. Ask him to reveal what's in your life that's grieving his heart, that's stifling his power and his work that's keeping you separated and strangers and lay those things down and get those things right through a repentant heart and a commitment to begin that pursuit every day until you see his power in your life. You need to pursue him for you. And we, the church, also need you to pursue him for us. We cannot be what God wants the church to be if you're not using your gift and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I just want to close today by going into a time of prayer. We can have every head bowed and every eye closed looking around. We're not going to be long today. But this is the key to going deeper in your relationship with Christ. How much do I want the Holy Spirit in my life? And this can be a scary question because when we begin asking God to fill us, when we begin asking God to lead us, the next step is to then take us somewhere to use what he's given us. 
And so when you ask, fill me with the Spirit, give me a gift so I can build the church, don't ask that in vain because when he does, he expects you to use it, to walk in faith. But if you're not satisfied with just staying where you are, if you're not satisfied with just the basic knowledge, drinking from the spiritual bottle, getting your milk every three hours, if you're not satisfied with where you are, today you begin to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to give you a gift. Ask him to teach you how to use it. Ask him to give you a passionate desire to minister to the church and build up the church for his honor and glory. Ask him to raise you up into spiritual leadership. Ask him to help you overcome these fears that have been holding you back. Ask the Lord to forgive you of the sins that have been in your life. The selfishness and self-centeredness and prideful attitudes that made you feel like you were something. Lay it down and say, here I am, God. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. If you're going to move the mountains, then I ask you, God, to move them in me and then move them through me as I engage people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, as I walk as a light in this dark world. Father, I pray for the church now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that every person here would respond to what the Spirit is speaking. And Lord, that you would have your way in this place. That your will would be done on earth as it is done in heaven. And those today that have a gift, I pray for your honor and glory that they would begin using it in the name of Jesus. For those that have a word of encouragement or a prophetic word for the church, they'd come down and speak that. Those that have a, a praise or a word of encouragement of something you've done in their life, God, they would come down and share it. Those that have the gift of faith and, and, and intercessory prayer, they'd come down and begin praying on their hands and knees, crying out to God for the church, for God, for you to move in this church, for people to be saved, for lives to be transformed. God, for those that have been just hanging in the background, in the shadows, fearful of what others may think if they begin to step out in the confidence of who you made them to be, God, that they would rise up and say, no more am I going to hide. I'm going to walk boldly in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to allow your power to work through me, and I'm going to give glory to God for all that's done in this place. I'm going to commit to serve. I'm going to commit to speak. I'm going to commit to lay hands on those and, and pray for miracles. I'm going to commit to walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to live my life and let it be encapsulated by the awareness that you are with me, that you are filling me, that you are working through me, that you're leading me, that you're speaking to me. God, open my ears and quiet my mind so I can hear your voice. Come alive in my life, Holy Spirit. I just pray, God, that you would let the overflow begin to pour right now in the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, staying in an attitude of prayer. As the band sings, we're going to stand up.
and you respond to the Lord. Come and pray. Come and share. If you need prayer, I'll be down here to pray with you. But let's pray together. Let's invite the Spirit to fill our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you.